Today, Pastor Ray Bentley highlights Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower or parable of the soils. This parable that he is now going to give us the secret interpretation to is the foundational parable of everything else. Why? Because it deals with the human heart. It is a parable that deals with the hearts of men and women. The heart is the most important thing to God. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Two people can hear the same passionate gospel message. One responds and the other doesn't. Or both respond, but only one continues long-term in his relationship with the Lord. We can chalk it up to free will, but maybe there's more to it. Today, Pastor Ray takes us to Jesus' own explanation of this dynamic. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Let's start with uh, verse one. It says, and again, he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables and said to them, in his teaching this. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Now some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, it increased, and it produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some even a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears, let him hear. That's where everybody would start going, okay, what did he mean? What, did he, what was the teaching? What is he saying? What is the application of this? It says, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So, you know, they've probably discussed it, come up to their own conclusions and opinions, and what do you think? And, and then, well, here, I think this, or have you thought about that? And finally, they go, well, let's just ask Jesus. That sound like a good idea? Jesus, what do you mean by this? And so in verse 11, and so Jesus said to them, to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. And then Jesus quotes the ancient prophet Isaiah, who had so many prophecies about the coming Messiah. And here's what Jesus quotes from Isaiah. So that, quote, Isaiah said, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, here's what's interesting. Isaiah, uh, who lived and prophesied uh, somewhere around 700 years 
before Jesus was even born, was a mighty prophet of God. And as he would share with the ancient people of Israel. Now, in the days of Jesus, Isaiah was revered and respected by all, both those who were liberal and those who were conservative. All the Jewish people would acknowledge and recognize Isaiah as a prophet of God at Jesus' time. But 700 years earlier, when Isaiah was actually alive and was prophesying, not everybody was in agreement. And there were many who, who, as it were, put their hands over their ears and said, we don't like the words of the Lord that come from the mouth of Isaiah the prophet. And, and they put their hands over their ears or they rejected it. Or, and so Isaiah, when he wrote this, of course, inspired by the Spirit of God, was prophesying. But he was prophesying to his own people and to his own generation. You are hearing the very words of God and yet you don't understand what you hear. You see the prophet of God prophesying of future things to come, but you don't perceive or understand them. And now Jesus says what happened to Isaiah in his own time is what's happening to me now as the prophet that has been sent by the Father in heaven here. Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear but not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? In other words, this is the foundation. And by the way, this parable that he is now going to give us the secret interpretation to is the foundational parable of everything else. Why? Because it deals with the human heart. So he says, the sower sows the word. So the first analogy that he uses is that the seed is the word of God. God himself, who is infinite, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, has bound his name, his character, his nature, his holiness, his righteousness, his eternalness to his word. So the seed is the word. And... The sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside. So he's going to talk first of all about uh, four different kinds of soil. And these four different kinds of soil are four different kinds of hearts upon which the seed falls with four different results. So verse 15, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, physically anyway, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in, or you might say, on their hearts. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60 and some 100 fold. 
So these four kinds of soil, very quickly I wanna go through them and very briefly just to look at them. The number one, uh, the seed falls on hard ground or a hard heart. By the way, when a farmer goes out and he casts seed, he, he might have a field, he's prepared his field, uh, but you know how a field that, that has had the ground tilled and prepared and everything, it's got a path on the border of the whole field, right? That you walk on and that the farmer walks on, maybe passersby walk on. It's not, you know, it's ground, uh, but it's hard. And when the seed goes on top of ground that has been compacted by hundreds or thousands of feet, let alone animals and so forth, it just sits on the top of the ground. It has no chance of sprouting. So what happens? The seed doesn't go into the earth and it doesn't germinate and it certainly doesn't grow and therefore does not produce any fruit. It just sits on the top of the ground and becomes what? Food for the birds of the air. And the birds come down and they know, wow, I don't have to go into the field and work through the earth and the rocks. I'll just go, there's seeds sitting right on the top of the ground. Isn't that interesting? There are some people, Jesus said, whose hearts are so hard that when they hear the word of the Lord, or they hear the word of God, the seed that has life inside of it that can bring not only forgiveness, but healing and, and the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace, it doesn't even penetrate the hardness of their heart. It just sits on the surface of their heart and the birds of the air, picture there of evil, come, snatches, and it goes away. Sad, a very, very sad situation. This is the first heart that resists the word and making it easy for Satan uh, to snatch it away. Remember the seed is the word and it is alive and it is able to produce fruit. Then the second kind of soil or the second kind of heart is the shallow heart. This heart is like thin soil, very, very thin of the top soil that's over rock. By the way, for those who have been to Israel, you know that there are many places, especially in Israel, that exactly describes the situation. Thin layer of soil on the top, lots of rocks. If you wanna be a farmer in Israel, uh, ancient times, even when Israel was, was born uh, again as a nation, so to speak, and many of those who came from Europe and other places and, and gave up their professions uh, of whatever professional backgrounds they might have had, they said to start a nation from scratch, you have to have food, we have to become farmers, and it was hard because the ground was so hard. And much time had to be spent removing the rocks so that you have enough soil that roots can grow and you can have a crop. Well, there are hearts that are like that shallow soil. And because there's no depth, whatever is planted, there's nowhere for the roots to go. In fact, there really are no roots. And the sun comes and immediately uh, spoils it. Now I've put here a little note uh, here in your notes. This represents the emotional here. That here's the word, and, and they'll go, they can go to a service, they can go to a church, they can go to some kind of outreach or uh, some kind of a, a sharing of the word, and they're like, wow, did you hear that? That was such beautiful music. Oh man, that was like, woohoo! And then moments later, they can go, eh, whatever. How do you go from woohoo to whatever? It's like, wow, man, when I, you were, I was sitting next to you and you were like so passionate and so excited and your eyes got all misty and everything and now you're going, eh, whatever. 
It's like, what, what is that? What happened? I don't know. Yeah, at the moment it was like, wow, it was exciting, it was amazing. And when they first, Jesus said there, there were people, you know, human beings are the same. And there is a percentage of people then, even though it was Jesus or Isaiah, the word of God is being spoken, who would immediately emotionally respond. And then because there's no depth in their heart, it's like, whatever. And they just roll back to their old ways and their old life. And God is really nowhere a part of their life. Especially when you get excited and emotional, if it's only emotional, and then difficulties arise. Or somebody says, oh, are you kidding me? You went to a church or you heard a Bible study? You're going to change your life. Come on. You're not going to be one of those, are you? And then you're kind of like, well, no. I mean, I'm not going to become crazy or you know, like that. I mean, it was just interesting. I just thought it was, and the next thing you know, you've backed right away. And you have let a person's opinion passing like the wind determine your own personal journey and walk with God. Very, very sad. Don't ever let anyone else do your thinking for you. Think for yourself. Amen? So, outward pressure comes or demands, they lose their faith. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teaching has meant to them. Thank you, Pastor Ray, for allowing God to use you in a mighty way. We are all blessed because of it. Your legacy in Christ lives on through your ministry and your family. We love you so much. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Then third, Jesus said there's a third kind of a heart condition. Uh, he likened it unto soil that is crowded, that there's, there is earth there, enough earth for there to be roots, and therefore a plant grows, but it's got lots of weeds. He calls it crowded ground, or a crowded heart. This is the hearer that hears the word and doesn't just emotionally respond, but says, okay, they kind of swallow it, accept it, but this here has too many interests. They have too many different kinds of seeds in their life. You might call them weeds. <laughs> True plants, but then all kinds of weeds. You know, generally weeds often, just like wheat and tares, tares look just like wheat until the very end, and then tares have no fruit, and the wheat does. They can look just alike as they're growing side by side, but one has no fruit, and that which is real and genuine does. So also with weeds, um, they have no fruit on them. So I give a list here. What are the things that can crowd out? And it says, in the end, Jesus said, if those weeds are not pulled, if those other interests of a divided heart are not uprooted, they will choke out the life of the plant that actually has the capacity to bear fruit. So here are those things, worldliness, love of riches, 
power, pleasure, possessions, or as I like to say with some people, just the need to be liked. I want to be liked by, I want the world to like me. (laughs) And so the word here has nowhere to grow and, and eventually it gets choked and therefore it doesn't produce any fruit. This is a person who wants to walk the broad road, which leads to destruction, and the narrow road at the same time, trying to play it both ways and on both sides of the fence. And then finally, Jesus leaves us with the good ground. This is the faithful heart. This is the fruitful heart. This is the heart of a genuine believer. How do we know if we or those we love are true believers? And the answer is very simple, according to Jesus, because there is fruit. Fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. So a question for us to ask tonight, is there any fruit in your life or in my life that is evidence, first to ourselves, that we have genuinely been transformed, redeemed, born again, and have a new divine heavenly spiritual life? And now there can be various degrees of that growth, various degrees of that spirituality, various degrees of that fruitfulness, as Jesus said, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, and he does not judge between one or the other. Uh, Different ones have different experiences. We all have our individual and unique walk with God, and some are given this many talents, maybe others not as many talents, but the reward of fruit is a relationship with the Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. And it will bear fruit and it will continue to bear fruit. So the three other kinds of hearts produce no tangible fruit. And yet fruit is the evidence of salvation. So we can assume that those other hearts are eventually or ultimately not ever really born again. As Jesus said, you must be born again uh, to Nicodemus on the night he came to him as recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 3. Well, let's close with verses 21 through 25 as Jesus goes on with this last little illustration and a similar uh, and, and with a very simple singular point. Also, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed and nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. In other words, you have to have faith mingled with what you hear to produce fruit. And then more will come. But if you hear and you don't mingle your faith and trust into it, even that faith you have will begin to dissipate and fade away. So he uses the analogy of a lamp. Having a fruitful life or a spiritual life is not only like a fruitful tree or plant, but it is also like a lamp in a home. Everybody had a clay, simple clay uh, lamp in their home with a wick and with oil inside of it. So common lamp, clay lamp, common purpose in the home, and that if you have the oil, uh, there will be light, and the light is set 
that everybody might see it. And Jesus says, so it's interesting, he talks about, you think of a lamp as being something you see burning and lighting the darkness of a house, maybe at night, but then Jesus' analogy is, if you have ears to hear, listen to what I am saying. In other words, he says, he is saying, in order for you to have a light that will reflect the glory of God and of the Messiah, you must have spiritual ears. Unless the Holy Spirit opens your ears to be able to hear and to understand, you will not be able to receive spiritual truth. The prophet Isaiah, we've mentioned him before, we mention him again here in your notes, Isaiah 49 verse six. This is an ancient prophecy uh, to the Jewish people and to the nation of Israel uh, that refers even to now what Jesus is describing to his own Jewish generation. Let's read that scripture out loud. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. The Jewish people are the chosen people so that God could through them choose all the nations and every language and every kindred and every tribe. He wanted his light to shine from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Interestingly, in the temple, the lampstand or the menorah in the temple was a constant reminder that God's light had been manifested to Israel. And now that the Messiah, the Mashiach has come to Israel, Jesus is saying those who have ears to hear will hear the echo of heaven and the confirmation of the Father that I am who I claim to be and that I have the power I claim to have and when you hear spiritually and believe in that and trust in that, then you will bear the fruit of shining yourself and going from here to the ends of the earth to share that good news. It's interesting, it was customary to announce uh, every month they would celebrate the new, the new month with the new moon festival. And you know how they did it? They would light a fire on the cities that were on a hill. It just so happens that there in Galilee where Jesus was, there is a city on a hill to this day, uh, Safed. And he was probably referring to that. Every new moon to recognize it, there was a fire lit on the top of the mountain and everyone could see and celebrate that God is the one who puts the signs of the sun and the moon and the stars and the heavens to confirm his word that he has watched over us and he is faithful to us and he brings us the seasons and he brings us the rain and he blesses our spirits and he is the maker and creator not only of this world but of each and every one of us. Hallelujah. So how does this light shine in practical terms? It can shine in the good things that you and I do that, that are like Jesus and that can outwardly be seen by others. May others see your good works and give praise to your Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah, amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, leading our study of Mark chapter four today here on Maranatha Radio. Glad you've joined us. Now today's study is titled All Heart. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. 
We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.